Hi, welcome to the Art and Science of Learning, the podcast that digs deeper in how we learn, so that in today's accelerated world, we can learn better and enjoy it more. I'm your host, learning specialist, Dr. Kinga Petrovai. Every week, I discuss aspects of learning with academics, practitioners, and individuals with unique learning journeys to inform and inspire how you design learning into work and life. Learning in the flow of work can be an incredibly effective tool for continuous improvement and employee engagement. Axonify is a technology company that develops mobile learning for frontline workers in industries ranging from retail to finance. Employees learn skills and gain knowledge as needed and have stretch learning opportunities to advance in their role. I'm pleased to have the president and CEO of Axonify on the show to discuss how learning can be built into the flow of work and the opportunities that it opens. Kara Lehman is CEO of Axonify, a learning and communications company focused on frontline enablement in Waterloo, Canada. Prior to joining Axonify, Carol was the CEO of PostRank Inc., a social engagement analytics platform that she sold to Google. She was also the CEO of several other technology firms, including RSS Solutions and Fake Space Systems. Carol is a celebrated entrepreneur and trailblazer who has won multiple awards and whose articles appear in leading learning, business, and technology publications. She also sits on boards of many organizations and advises a variety of Canadian high-tech firms. Thank you so much, Carol, for joining me on the podcast. My pleasure. Learning in the flow of work is something that I think a lot of organizations really aspire to, and and continuous learning is something that learning designers aspire to instill in organizations. And so I think you have a very unique niche on, on how you approach this. Can you tell me a little bit about Exonify and what it does? For sure, Kinga, and you're absolutely right. We started focusing on frontline doing it in a way that was uh, accessible, fast, fun, highly impactful to the individual and to the job that the individual needed to do. And it really flew in the face when we started of traditional learning systems, which are one and done, long form content, one size fits all, really no way to measure what anybody knows or what they're doing and how that's impacting the business. And so we came up with a solution that involves um, all of those fast, fun, highly impactful elements that can be delivered anywhere, anytime the employee has three to five minutes a day. And here we are 10 years later and, and it works like crazy to impact behavior and also the business outcomes. Okay, wonderful. There's so much uh, that I want to get into there. But before we do, can you just define frontline workers? Because I think people have, uh, especially now, they have a very specific idea of frontline, but but it's a much broader spectrum. So can you just define who we're talking about here? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you're right. Frontline has become um, very much a part of the lexicon now because of the pandemic. And we define frontline simply as people who don't typically sit at a desk and work at a computer for their job. So these could be uh, nurses, these could be field service workers who are repairing equipment in the field, these could be truck drivers, 
These could be grocery store associates, the things that we often think of first. So essentially, it's somebody who doesn't have a fixed desk, typically is not a salaried employee, although sometimes they are, um, but often not. They're hourly paid. They, in some cases, in some industries, turn over frequently. And uh, it's really difficult for the organization's to train those kinds of people because they are deskless and it's hard to get their time because they're in the field, uh, because they're scheduled to do tasks oftentimes throughout their day. And, and so it's a different training challenge that you have with that frontline or deskless segment. I love that term deskless because so often I think without even realizing sometimes we think about uh, learning, learning and development in terms of an office space, and uh, and of course there's so many different types of learning development. But defining it as a deskless, not even by industry, but it's the fact that you're not uh, at a specific. And you also said that there's a high turnover. Uh, they're not necessarily salaried, and they're very very diverse jobs, such as truck drivers, people in the grocery store, a whole myriad of other work. But you said there are challenges in creating workplace learning, and sometimes that's even funding challenges. Sometimes funding decisions are made, well, we're going to train our full-time employees who have a long career path with us. But it is so critical to to not leave out this group. So when you were looking at this this group of individuals, what did you see was really missing and was challenging about the way to address learning? Yeah, so it was born from the realization that uh, deskless workers comprise 80% of the workforce. Mm -hmm. And when you think about organizations who have large populations of employees who are customer facing often, or doing things day in and day out, in their jobs as part of their job requirements that have a very direct impact on your top line revenue or specific expense lines. It is just astounding. It was astounding to us that the investment organizations put into those individuals who have that very direct line to the customer and also impact your expenses, the investment was almost nothing because they looked at those individuals as almost disposable. Well, you know, Carol's not going to be here in four months. So why would we spend money training Carol on things that we're going to have to train somebody else on anyway in four months? What what they were failing to recognize was that every single day during that four months, Carol is doing something that could have a very direct impact on your financial business results. And I'll I'll give you a really specific example that happened to me early in the life of Exonify. I was in a retail store. It was around the holidays. I was specifically looking for certain Christmas gifts that were on sale and went to the store went to check out, and I actually also happened to have a couple of coupons that related to the items I was purchasing. And I said to the cashier, can I also use these coupons? And her response was, no, we can't use the coupon and give you the 40% off that's on the shelf. 
So as we were having this conversation, I realized I'd forgotten to pick up one item, left, went, picked up the item, went to a different cache and asked the young man, can I use these coupons? And he said, of course you can. And so those two coupons saved me an additional 30% on each item. And so I don't know who was right and who was wrong. All I know is that one associate in the store wouldn't allow me to use the coupon that had a financial, you know, uh, impact. The other one did. And let's, if the first cashier was right, let's say she was right. Then the additional money I got off is a loss to the organization because the second cashier wasn't trained to deal with those coupons appropriately. So very tangible example of how one short interaction with the public, with the people that the organization is trying to sell to can have a very detrimental impact. And when you extrapolate my example across let's say a hundred customers in that store that day, suddenly the financial um, you know, deficit becomes astronomical across a store network. And at the end of the day, regardless of who was correct, which, which person was correct, the fact that you got two different answers completely hinders your view of that organization and that store. Absolutely. So already they know. are losing, regardless who made the mistake, they're losing. Absolutely. So it, it does have massive impact and not just, I mean, that's a, I love that example, but um, not just financial impact in so many ways, that being one, but also, I mean, these are people, 80%. I mean, I think that number just needs to sink in, especially when we have such a, a big conversation on working from home or not working from home or, you know, that's a small percentage of people, 80% of people are deskless who are in the workforce. That's huge. You know, you, you said it at the outset, these are human beings too, and they have career goals. They have ambitions. They have desires to do better, make more money, progress in an organization, have stability. And um, really, you know, we all want to do well. Yeah. Nobody doesn't want to do well at work. If the organization thinks about enabling those individuals to achieve some of their own personal objectives, it helps the organization too. Yes, absolutely. It's a, definitely a win-win. Describe to me what this experience looks like, because for someone listening, it, it might not be clear. It's a mobile learning app, but what does this experience look like in reality? So what the experience looks like is something that's really simple, really fast, really fun. So the associate logs on, and they are immediately presented with a uh, game play. On a mobile so device, the, right? On this a mobile, mobile device. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And in fact, um, depending on the environment, some employers like them to use a central kiosk. It can be on another type of handheld device. Um, and so it, it's basically anything that is accessible to the individual. It's usually not a laptop. That's that's the uh, the main thing. And so uh, the individual logs on. They're welcomed. They have a coach uh, who appears as like an avatar. And they are presented with, here's what you need to uh, know today. But first, they're allowed to choose to play a game. 
And the game is designed to free the brain of distraction. So when you think about games that any of us play, video games, um, you're not thinking about when you're playing the game, what you're having for dinner or what you need to do next. You're immersed in that experience. So what happens is, as the game is playing, you hit certain points in the game, irrespective of whichever game you choose to play. Embedded in the game are your key learnings for today. And so you hit that point, the game stops and pauses in the background. You're presented with a key learning point that is critical to you and your performance. You answer a question, you determine and and expose how confident you are in your answer, and then you go back to the game. And this question, gameplay, question, gameplay goes on for about three to five minutes. Then you're done for the day. You can look at your leaderboard. You can see what you know, what you don't know, how well you're doing in specific topic areas, how uh, you're performing in the games against your peers, um, where you are on a leaderboard for learning points. And what we allow you to do is accumulate points for learning that can then be used to blind bid on auction items. So you can actually win prizes. Your corporation offers certain prizes that you can win. Exactly. Okay, exactly. so there's a social competitive element. You said that you see how you're doing yes. against your colleagues. And yes. then there's also this personal competitive of seeing the leaderboard and how you're doing against your learning goals and, and skills. And then also you can win prizes. So it's a very multifaceted exactly. reward system. Exactly. And what is embedded in the experience that each employee doesn't really know is that we use three core cognitive principles as we deliver the knowledge and information that are known to drive memory and retention of information faster than anything. And so we personalize the knowledge to each individual every single day based on what we know they know or don't know in very critical topic areas. Mm -hmm. So it's adaptive and personalized to every individual And we use these techniques that get that person to a point of mastery of the content faster than anything. So it all works in combination to train quickly uh, in the most fun way possible and to impact the individual's behavior so that you can achieve the business outcome that you're looking to. And so how exactly do you see it impacting the behavior? Because this is, of course, something, especially in learning evaluations, organizations want to know what is the impact. Of course, in some jobs, it's easier to attribute impact to learning than in other types of work. But how how do you look at that, that it impacts their work? Yeah, so we, um, we knew from the beginning that because every single day we were collecting many data points around what that individual was being trained on, and what they knew and didn't know, how they were performing with knowledge, what that knowledge growth and profile looked like. And because we advocate that you should only train on things that are important to that individual doing their job well. Mm -hmm. So uh, stepping back for a moment, typical learning and development historically has been one of okay, we've hired new people, they need to know a hundred different things. 
and we try to train them all at once on those hundred different things. And you send them out into the wild and hope they perform after you've done that session. We took the approach of, instead of starting with that, tell us what business outcome you're trying to impact. So are you trying to grow your sales? Are you trying to have fewer ladder accidents in your plant? Depending on what that business outcome is that that can tie to a financial result. So let's just say it's sales and uh, you want somebody in your store to sell more of a specific product. Sales is the outcome. Now, define, you want them to grow this product sales by 20%. What do they need? What behaviors do you need them to exhibit? to achieve that business outcome. Well, they need to ask the customer if they'd like to buy something to match what they just put in their basket. You need to actually even just greet the customer and, you know, be friendly instead of running and hiding behind a shelf because you don't want to interact. So what are those behaviors? Based on the behaviors now, what do they need to know in order to exhibit the behaviors? Then go and create your content. So almost a backwards methodology to arrive at the things you need people to know and the content you need to create to get that business outcome. What we have our customers do is then provide us the business outcomes. So how many widgets did you sell in the last three months? And we use machine learning to then tie that business outcome to the knowledge of the population selling widgets. And we can derive some really critical thematic data to help drive it further. So this is now the back end, looking at how you actually work to create this. Clearly, it is very much individualized to each organization. And so you create a new platform and a new, new software for them. Working with them to define their key outcomes, their key objectives, their key performance indicators, that is often a very challenging role for a learning designer. It's not a straightforward answer because often you have to help organization understand and go deeper into what they really mean by business outcomes. What are some strategies you use to help pull that information out to be clear? Mm-hmm. We So that's a great question. We do sit down with the customer every single time and say, okay, um, the platform itself is the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's just the content that goes on it that is specific to each organization. So let's just take, you know, a field service worker. What does that field service ser- service worker need to do that is going to mean for you that they are performing at their very best? So sometimes those business metrics involve speed of service. So getting in, getting out. Uh, We have one customer, for example, that uh, repairs slot machines in Las Vegas. Well, the speed of repairing a slot machine is incredibly important because every second that machine is down, it's not making money for the casino. So that is one particular performance metric. Now, What does that service worker need to know in order to perform as quickly as possible? And what is that standard of performance 
in terms of the speed expected. And so we sit down with the customers to go, what are the most important things that individual needs to do in order to be successful for your business? And we do, um, you know, find that when you frame it that way and, you know, there are a million things you can train people on, but when it gets right down to, you know, if Carol's in the field repairing slot machines, if you had to prioritize your top five measures of success for that role, what would they be? And then you can design your content to tackle the knowledge and the behaviors that I would need to exhibit in order to achieve those business metrics. That's really how we do it. And, and we, you know, we encourage our customers to not boil the ocean, not get overwhelmed with all of those peripheral things that maybe, you know, somebody might need to know, but you know, they're never going to remember anyway. So there's another part of the platform where you can look up that information very, very rapidly that maybe doesn't relate to what you're doing day in and day out that has a business impact. And so it's the reference materials or, you know, things like that, that also are knowledge and information and important for the individual, but don't need daily reinforcement. Uh, so it, it really is a, it's a methodology. It's a way of thinking about it. And it's a way of getting super specific by role in terms of what is going to make that individual successful and the business successful. Oh, wonderful. And, um, and I remember you told me that uh, something, an aspect that I really like is that not only, so people come in, they start their day with a little five, three, five minute um, exercise game, but that they can also look to improve their skills in, in, in a future job that they would like. Can, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, it, again, and, you know, it goes to what you said at the outset, um, especially now in today's environment, organizations just need to keep people as long as possible. And one of the ways to keep people is to give them career opportunity and to show them a path to achieving uh, greater things. And so there is a part of our platform where it's called self-directed learning, where if the employer enables it, the individual can choose to learn new things. So let's just say I decide that I want to be a manager in my organization. There may be a manager path that I can self-select into that would give me that content that would get me on the path of becoming a manager so at the point of time that I may be eligible to do that, I already have a good base of knowledge about what that means. Mm -hmm. And so it, it allows the individual to uh, improve themselves and, and position themselves for uh, other opportunities inside the organization. And those sorts of um, things, if you allow them, really engage your employee in believing that the organization they work for has a vested interest in them is very keen to see them stay and grow in the business. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we have another customer who literally turnover, they, they lose 600 people a week. Wow. They're hiring 600 people a week. And 
just the, you know, if you could keep a hundred of those people and give them career paths and train them on new skills um, where they could do maybe two different jobs and fill in for somebody if they had the opportunity to do that. Just, um, you know, giving, spreading the the knowledge and information around and enabling more people to do more things um, makes them want to stay longer. Absolutely. And they see, a, you know, people see a path uh, to where they can be going. I mean, the worst, right. one of the worst things people say about a job is that it's a dead end job. And, uh, and that's exactly, right. and very often it's not necessarily, it's not clear where the paths are and also how to get there. That's Often that's a challenge in organizations where they have competencies and they have job descriptions and you know that there's these other positions available, but you don't know what do I need to learn to get there. Yeah. And that's, it's a struggle to to attach those, uh, make yeah. those connections for, for people or for the company themselves to know what kind of learning will take someone to the next uh, next position. When you spoke about looking to become a manager, are there what we sometimes refer to as soft skills, even though I'm not a huge fan of that term, but how do you address that kind of learning? Yeah, so it runs the gamut. So basically anything can be taught using these cognitive principles. And whether it is, um, you know, what we call uh, declarative information, which is just like factual here's what you need to know to repair that machine or, um, you know, do something very tangible or non-declarative information, which is more uh, skills-based, procedural-based, judgment-based sorts of um, kinds of knowledge and information. And really what it comes down to is what are those four principles or what we call them key learning points that can be derived from any kind of learning Mm -hmm. that you need that individual to think about, to retain, and then to action. Mm -hmm. So whether it is, you know, arranging the grocery store shelf to look attractive, or whether it is, how do you appropriately address uh, somebody that you are managing who may need some coaching? The, the principles around any kind of information really can be distilled down into key learning points. So it, it's really not that different, to be honest. Um, it's just truly thinking about what does that individual, how do they need to process that information? And what are those key decision points and key learning points they need to have to be able to be appropriate way? Right. And I can imagine that as in many cases with learning designers, that's a, that, that is a, a bit of a hurdle sometimes, a process to get through with your learning designers because it is a conversation. Um, yes. Is there something that helps in that conversation? Is there something that your learning designers do to really dig deeper into those often difficult conversations? Of- so oftentimes our customers will have their own sort of pre-existing management programs for or soft skills sorts of um, uh, curriculum that they deliver. And this is their sort of gold standard for how to uh, become a manager in the organization. And what we do is we take that existing content and our learning designers 
basically try to decompose it into its core elements and the progression of learning that builds on concepts that are foundational to next level. So they are expert at taking a body of content and really chunking it down into the things that matter, the things that build on other things, the things that are more complex and uh, building a path towards that competency or mastery in terms of that knowledge acquisition. And so it, it does involve more um, more thought and more conversation than, um, you know, how to appropriate, what are the five things you need to know to arrange a shelf appropriately? So definitely it's, it's more involved, but again, at the end of the day, really it's, it's based on the same things. Uh, it is just a progression of knowledge and what are those key points and why. Um, are they, you know, later versus sooner? And and what is all of the judgment required uh, to be able to properly assess and then act? I love the fact that this is, I think, one of the most wonderful ways of using mobile technologies. Without mobile technologies, it's very hard to be able to learn in the flow of work in quite the yes. way that we're describing. In the gaming aspect, that's a word that has been really uh, used a lot in, in workplace learning. And uh, and sometimes gaming is used in a bit of a frivolous way. What, what do these games look like to make them fun, but also valuable? Because sometimes when people say, oh, we're going to make it fun, and they put in elements that it's really not quite that amusing for an adult. It's a cliche almost. Yeah. So interesting. In fact, I gave a demo last week to somebody and uh, right off the bat, as I was demoing the experience and I asked him to choose the game, he said, Oh, when you said to me it was gamified, I figured it was a leaderboard or some badging or something like that. I didn't actually think you meant I'm going to play a game. Yes. And so we involve about what we call 15 different game mechanics. And these are all techniques that uh, increase the dopamine effect in the brain and a connectedness or engagement with the experience. And so those gamification elements are many and varied, but they do involve playing an actual, like a little quick, simple video game, sort of Angry bird style games or word uh, style games. There's a, over 50 games you can choose from, actually. Mm -hmm. They're short. They appeal to different people. If you like brain teasers, which is my personal preference versus arcade style games. And what we have found is that the level of engagement with learning grows next level if mm -hmm. you enable the games to play. And so uh, you would be surprised at how many people play the games, more women than men, interestingly. And um, there's something that appeals to everybody. And the competitive aspect of it is very, very key too. So we can challenge each other to gain points. And um, you, know, you can take points away from people, learning points. If you challenge them, they accept and, and you win in the game. You can take their learning points. So, so it's very just, interactive with your colleagues. It in is that way. very you can challenge them and bet against. Yes. 
That's interesting. Exactly. Like uh, so another quick anecdote, One, our, our most popular game on the platform globally is called Color Fill. And um, our champion at Walmart accidentally turned Color Fill off some years ago. And they had almost 90,000 people playing that game every day. And when he accidentally turned it off, he joked with me and said, there was such a hullabaloo <laughs> that almost needed a security escort to his car that <laughs> because people That's thought great. they lost their so people are thoroughly engaged in it and like i say there's a variety of things that appeal to everybody right. um so it is fun that's a really great story. But um, and, and I wonder if you can share with me, you must hear so many wonderful stories about how uh, learning has an impact on, on, on individuals and the organization. Is there anything that stands out to you as a story? Yeah, well, we early on, um, we had an employee at uh, Johnson Johnson, one of their pharma companies, um, send us an email saying, he was in the field selling medical devices to um, his customers. And he said, never in my career have I ever experienced a learning platform, a learning experience that is so focused on what I actually need to know to do my job well. And it's fun. And it's wherever I have those few minutes a day. I'm not forced to go into a classroom or watch two hours worth of videos online this is the most effective thing I've ever experienced. Uh, we've had customers tell us their business outcomes have been um, dramatically impacted by um, just the learning. Um, tons of people love the game. Uh, just so much positive feedback about the experience. And then that tie to growth in sales, reduction of expenses, We've had so much um, data gathered from customers about very, very measurable impacts, mm -hmm. turnover reduction, uh, people not leaving, you know, mm -hmm. as frequently, just wholly positive all the way around. That's fantastic. I mean, it just goes to show how uh, good learning does have a very broad impact. And I like what that individual wrote uh, and said that it is learning that he actually needs, uh, because that takes a lot of skill from learning designers to be able to really bring the material to the point where it is relevant. It's not too simple. It's not too difficult. It's it's very much relevant as well. Anyone thinking about how to incorporate learning into the flow of work? Do you have a strategy that you think that's something people should think more about? Yeah, so so pretty much all of our customers think about that, that particular problem. And so not only do we the experience to happen kind of anywhere, anytime the individual has those few minutes, a shift or a day, we also have something called Discover that allows the individual to look up in two clicks, 10 seconds, anything they need to know in the moment. Mm -hmm. And so if you have, um, you know, a customer who is looking for a particular knowledge around a particular product and doesn't do X, Y, Z, and you don't know that product well, you can instantly look up the product mm -hmm. and get that information. And so it's all at your fingertips. It's either in your head 
because we've trained you and reinforced it, or it's at your fingertips with discover so that in the moment you have everything you need to know to be able to perform. Right. That's a very important tool to have. And uh, it can exist in a lot of different formats, but to think about how you can put information in, in people's hands uh, to use immediately. Fantastic. I mean, this is a great technology, really interesting work. And on your website, on the Axonify website, which is in the show notes, I know that you have uh, demos that people can see what this looks like in in more visual format. Um, but what is next? What do you think is the next thing in this field? What we should be thinking about in this in this area? Yeah, there's, I mean, so much opportunity uh, now, just given what's going on in the workplace generally with the workforces. And uh, one of the things we're thinking about is how do you map skills of the individual? And these could be broader skills. So skills that they bring to the job, how do you define and assess those? And then how do you map the knowledge that we gather to the actual skills that a, a particular job requires that may be an opportunity for that individual to grow? And so how do you get the holistic view of what that individual's possibilities are? What is their potential? What are the things that they could be for your organization? And then how do you enable um, in a way that keeps them longer, that benefits the company? Um, so we're th- a broader sort of lens on skills is something that we are thinking uh, very, very. It's a very big field and a very complicated problem to crack right. a lot of organizations. So that's it fascinating. Is. Very, very interesting. Well, thank you so much, Carol. Fascinating to talk to you. Uh, I love the fact that you touched on not just gaming, but uh, mobile learning, learning in the flow of work, and it's all bundled into this very interesting product. And I, I really appreciate you taking the time to share this with us. Well, it's my pleasure. And thank you so much for having me. I love talking about it. It's very important for the organizations and individuals as humans on how we can get this type of learning into people's hands. Absolutely. Great. Thanks so much, Carol. Thank you. Thank you.